cliffcentral.com Jumelang Sanmonan Nonke Hey Oh sorry Yes Full back Ah we're done <laughs> <laughs> Are we done? We're done That is group Okay Alright No as long uh, No not we're done You're done You know I, was, no, I wasn't there uh, yeah. no, I, thought you, <laughs> I, I, I want to see that. If you'll eventually join me In in, in, our, in our morning We'll get there I'm trying to do I'm trying to do um, Who's that lady That dances on a show Every single uh, uh, Day The white lady she, She's a big star she, Ellen Ellen DeGeneres Yeah she dances Every time I think I think our audience Deserves for us To sing for them Every show I think our audience deserves us to not say that. <laughs> How are you all doing out there? It's frankly speaking One hour of uh, discussions that you and I and we need to be having uh, Across the country Political, social, economical And everything in between uh, Rorisang Shabalala is uh, always, as always, here Chovecho Dumelan Derek Legai Monate Wena Monate I won't speak about those personal things then. There's no personal <laughs> things. Everybody knows that I struggle with sleep. Everyone knows now. <laughs> All right, talk to me. Uh, what's happening on the show today? We've got something very interesting going on here. So there's been big conversation happening around... Um, well, a range of things, uh, but uh, we've just come out of, and even our, our last show was on the, the issue of hair. Mm. But uh, there's increasing um, there's increasing talk about just blackness, you know. And I think it comes, or I feel like it's coming after uh, an extended period where we've spoken about whiteness, and and whiteness being problematized. Um, and then more recently, it's not recent actually. You, you, I think parallel to that, you've had. Um, Blackness beginning to rise mm-hmm. and, and beginning to rise as let's call it a phenomenon um, in its own right. And we just got curious, right, about, you know, actually, has anyone actually ever considered what does it mean to be black? Right? Is it just assumed? So we've had people like Steve Biko who said things like, um, well, he was speaking about black consciousness as mm. a mental attitude. Um, Haley Berry has said that uh, black uh, blackness is a state of mind. Um, but like, you know, brass tacks, what does it mean? What does it mean to be black? Uh, who gets to decide what black is and uh, who black is and who isn't black? Um, and what connects? I mean, it, it, does blackness refer to a homogenous group of people or are we talking? about different so it's just a very interesting conversation to have to understand so we had a show uh, on 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 colors are colored people black mm-hmm. um, and and even that revealed that uh, within the colored community there's a there's different views you know some colored people believe they're not black some colored people say let me be whoever I want to be do not define don't me, define yeah. me and, yeah. and and other people say look um, uh, I am black as a colored person so this is a very interesting Topic: We speak about blackness a lot, but have we ever understood what it is? I'm loving I'm loving what's going on between between frankly speaking and our listeners here because I got uh, confronted in a in a restaurant the other day by a colored woman who said she listened to our show and she she has an opinion and she wants to tell us so people are listening and uh, please engage with us even if it is in a restaurant that's fine if you find us there that's good um, because we want to hear your thoughts the more people that speak about this the more people that get involved in these conversations the more I suppose we as a country understand uh, what's going on here I think this is fascinating I'm going to probably be 
quiet for most of the show. Why? Right? Why? Well, I mean, I'm not you've defining got, blackness here. You've got questions, don't you? Yeah, I've got one or two, I suppose. I've got one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so today's going to be really interesting. We've got uh, Tato Mahano in studio. Uh, Tato is the marketing and communications manager at Vanguard, but uh, that's that's a little boring. He goes by a more interesting uh, uh, title. He is a self-confessed womanist, homosexual, and progressive patriarch. Woo! Is progressive patriarch an oxymoron? <laughs> what is this show about to be about here, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, I think so it, it attempts to be. <laughs> it attempts to be, right? Yeah. So, so we've got Tato Mahano in studio. We've got uh, Lutando Karen um, Bata Couture, who is who's joining us on Skype uh, mm-hmm. all the way from France. Uh, she's also she she goes by the title. She says, "Look, I'm human." That's all. That's all that I go by. I'm human. If you like, you can call me a radical. Okay. So she's going to be a very interesting perspective as well. I think it's a it's a jam packed show. It's a big questions to be asked. What does it mean to be black? Is blackness the same thing as black consciousness? When and how ha- has black blackness transitioned from being a weakness to be hidden to being a strength to be embraced? If whiteness is a vice, is blackness a virtue? So a lot to get into. Absolutely. And obviously, if you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter at Rory Shabalala or at Yebo underscore Levy. We'll take some of those comments as well a little later in the show. Um, we want to hear from you. Talk to us about it. What are your thoughts about what it means to be black right now? Um, I'll tell you, interestingly enough, through the work that I'm doing raw um, with Umuzi, the black narrative that's been spoken about for so many years feels like it's evolving at an incredible pace at the moment. And it also feels like it's splitting. So whereas due to the legacy of apartheid where government collectivized you as one thing, it's very now becoming a thing of saying, yeah, I'm black, but that doesn't mean I have to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. So maybe we need to start there. And I I can ask the black men in the room uh, or or black humans in the room, let me Mm. say that. um, What does it mean to be black? Interesting question, uh, Tato. It's uh, we've seen, as we said, uh, a lot has been said. Haley uh, Berry. <laughs> you just ignore that. I just move on to your own thing. <laughs> no, no, no. I want, I want, I want to give it. I want to preface it, right? Oh, okay, you ask okay. the black men in the room. Sorry, okay, apologies. The black humans. And then so, I interrupt. And then you interrupt. Typical, Typical white whiteness, privilege. right no, there. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> um, as we said, we've heard it uh, being referred to as a state of mind. Uh, we've. Uh, Steve Biko said, merely by describing yourself as black, you have started a road towards emancipation. You have committed yourself to fight against all forces that seek to use your blackness as a stamp that marks you out as a subservient being. There's been a lot of conversation across generations about blackness. If you had to give us your informed view on what blackness is or what it means to be black, how would you describe it? I mean, I think I think uh, it's complicated. I think there is no one answer to what it means to be black. But I think for me, what's always important when we speak about the construction of blackness, right? It's always important to speak about the historical context of how people become black, right? Because if if we're going to rely also on black consciousness and Steve Biko and some black radical traditions of thinking about how black people are encountered in the world, it's important to think about how the 13th century and the 14th century create black people, Mm -hmm. right? And create blackness as a way of being because blackness becomes a response to the construct that is white supremacy, which enables what we call whiteness, right? Mm. So 
the two things coexist. So if we didn't have a world where as a result of capitalism, racism was created, we wouldn't have whiteness and blackness as constructs, right? Because mm. the two things are creations. They're not natural at all, right? So it becomes very difficult to then pin them down because I transgress ideas of being black all the time, right? So mm. if, if you're going to ask me what it means for me to be black, I have no idea. I can tell you that for me, it means what, what it means to be black as a result of the color of my skin and how people respond to me as a result of that, right? But then if you're going to go into constructions of black consciousness, pan-Africanism and all of these constructs as responses to how we deal with the problem of whiteness, I transgress those in many ways, right? One, I'm a black gay man. It's a very difficult conversation to have because we're very interested in this idea of a, of a heterosexual African male, right? Mm-hmm. Or the heterosexual Africa because homosexuality, homosexuality comes to Africa as a result of the European influence, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's a, there, there are categories that are destabilized all the time, but we like to think of them as very stable categories. Tato, I mean, I'm interested in this as well. I've been reading this book called Sapiens, and uh, for everyone out there who hasn't read it, it's unbelievable. Basically, the history of humans, Homo sapiens, where we come from. And they talk to exactly what your point is, that it's a social construct. There is no difference between black or white. Um, there was a difference between Neanderthals and Homo sapiens, and that has completely disappeared, and we're all Homo sapiens, right? Which I think is absolutely fair. There is something interesting in in our legacy and the social constructs that we did have, you know, through apartheid. So I can't talk about black people across the world. I'm now talking just about South African black people, that there is this movement of we as black people do X, Uh right? Is there anything in that that you feel comfortable with associating with as well? I think that there are a lot of things that come with the safety of being a homogenous group, Mm -hmm. right? And precisely because of the construction of these other, right? So we create communities of safety, we create communities of comfort, right? So black people had no choice but to be collectively involved in a project that was invested in the dismantling of the apartheid state, right? So there was one collective enemy, or call it enemy, that we had to fight against, right? Right? I mean, I can call it other things, but it's just like, you know, (laughs) that we had to fight against. So all of us had to invest our energies towards this one, this one key thing. But also I think what we must always recognize is that even, even in 1940, even in 1960, 1970, 80, 90, and in this current moment, blackness as a category has continuously been destabilized, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's something about human nature and our investment in a meta narrative, right? We want the one story. It's just like, it, it seems as if we can't manage multiple narratives that come out of one single moment. Mm-hmm. And it's w- what's true is that there are multiple narratives that come out of one single moment, but we always seem to be invested in this one narrative of, Oh, all that black people did during the 40s, 60s, 70s, 80s was to become this homogenous group of people who were all heterosexual, who were all invested in dismantling apartheid. I mean, there are stories that have been written about people who are collaborators with the apartheid state, right? Mm. So it's, it's, it's just really thinking, for me, what I'm interested in is thinking about how 
each of us as individuals become to be made black and some of the things that we choose to associate with and some of the things that we don't associate with because they're not helpful to the project of living as a human mm. who is ascribed blackness. Mm. Uh, so we've got uh, Lutando Karen Mbata um, Couture on, on the line. Lutando, good morning. Yes, hello, but there's some noise. I don't know, it's really, really harsh. Really harsh noise. Uh, all right, can you hear us now? No, it, it sounds like it's raspy. Is it raspy? Can you hear us though? I can. I can hear you, but you sound like so far away. Oh, jeez. Let's just go on. Um, we're going to try and fix it on our side. We, we ask our producer to just help us here. Um, but let's see if we can keep the conversation going. Um, Lutando, uh, you you are said to be a radical, and um, uh, Tato has just uh, taken us through what is uh, some of the contradictions about the definitions of blackness and so on. Um, and one of the things that he's, he raises, which is quite interesting, is that we are not a homogenous grouping uh, as black as black people. And uh, over time, it's almost it's like a, a range of forces have kind of forced this thing that we're homogenous when we're not. So. If we're not homogenous, well, do you agree with that? And if we're not homogenous, what do you believe is the golden thread that ties the various different groupings uh, that identify with blackness? I don't think she can hear us, Rory. Yeah, she, we, we've France, lost her. France is uh, having problems. Yeah, or well, we're having problems. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Tato, well, let's get back to you on that. Uh, so we're not homogenous, as you as you argue. Fine. Um, what is then the golden thread that ties the different groupings of black people uh, together as as one? Are we one, you know, at all? I mean, I'm not. So I'm not a spokesperson for black people. <laughs> yes. But I think one of the things that brings us all together, and if you if you come into radical spaces, the one thing that always always is at is always assumed is the issue of race. Right, we are all made the same by race mm. as as black people and as white people, right, so race stabilizes us into a particular category of identification um, and then when we start unpacking, which I think what Andrew was referring to earlier, just like how it almost also feels like this construct of blackness is being is breaking right just like this narrative is breaking it's just like it's not breaking it is just that we are allowing ourselves to have more complicated conversations about what it means to be Hmm. to be black right to be individuals to surface the conversations that we couldn't have because of our, our, our social history, right? But but you argue you argue that you argue against sameness. But ultimately, when we speak and when we reference, you've written an article on an ode to being black, mm-hmm. uh, which 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 speaks collectively. So mm-hmm. so that it assumes actually that uh, there are elements that make us one. W- what would those be? So or which which part of the black grouping were you writing that ode to then? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if I I think let's be fair about just like the article speaks to a number of different ways of being black. Absolutely, right? yeah. So yeah, it yeah. just like it doesn't speak to one version <laughs> of being black. But I think that article for me was was a a recognition of the collective effort of fighting of being radically invested in undoing 
how blackness has come to be in the world, right? Mm. And and part of that is undoing this homogenous narrative of being black, right? So what what has been really interesting in the past three years in terms of student activism has been this investment in an intersectional approach to um, undoing whiteness, right, mm. and white supremacy, right, mm. in terms of gender, in terms of sexuality, in terms of ableism, in terms of all the tenets that enable white supremacy to continue to be what it is in the world, right? Because, I mean, if if we're going to talk about how white supremacist capitalist patriarchy becomes a thing, mm. it's premised on particular principles that are heterosexualness, that are... The, the marginalization of women, that uh, the marginalization of, of disabled people, and, 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 right? Various categories. So what has been at the center of the past three years, the conversation around bringing blackness to the fore, has been this investment in undoing these very problematic notions of what it means to be human and what it means to be black. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, you see, I'm still struggling. Mm. And maybe I'm just not smart enough. And, and it's not something that... Uh, <laughs> Is a, is a secret to the world that I only have two brain cells. But I still then don't get what you're talking about when you say blackness. So on the one hand, you say it's not a, it's not a homogenous group. Okay, we're talking about black people. So what, okay, what are we talking about? If you, in your own, in your own world, when you say there is a grouping called black, which is distinct from a group called white, which you also reference, what is it about this particular group that makes it black and distinct from white? But I think the two things are different, right? I think that's, and that's what I was, I was attempting to articulate here by, I think that there's a historical context, right, of how blackness becomes a construct and they are black people, right? Um, whether people would have been black in the 12th century, we don't know, right? Because these these sorts of ra- racial categories come as a result of capitalism, right? Mm. But the construct of blackness is the one that says, all of you brown people in the world mm. are second-pass citizens. You have no rights. You don't deserve to have rights. So we will treat you like animals. We will put you on boats. We will throw you off boats. Mm. We will make you work. Uh, we, we will make you bring industrialization to the fore, right? Mm. Just like mm. that, that is what blackness that, is, yeah, right? That You're the machinery that yeah. enables the modern world yeah. to become what it is, mm. right? But black people are the individuals mm. who have life stories, personal narratives, who were married, who had children, who cried every night, who were raped by masters, who were beaten, mm. and all of those things, right? So the two things are, are, are intertwined but separate because one is a category, yes. right? One is a category that is constructed precisely by whiteness to say, you are different from us, so we will treat you this way. Mm-hmm. And the other is the individual people who become this category. This category, yeah. I'm interested in this because I think one of the fascinating movements that I – can you hear me now? There you go. One of the fast – we're in a new studio, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we're, we're, we're baffling around a little bit. <laughs> Let's just be honest there. So apologies if you hear any sound interruptions. One of the interesting things that I'm finding at the moment, Tatsun Rory, is that there seems to be a movement of – a movement away from this black collective that you're talking about, that I'm not just – black i'm a human before i'm black and i have a whole bunch of things that i that subscribe or ascribe to but on the other side of the coin there's a, a huge movement to say let's collectivize white people right whiteness white privilege if you're white you are then this this and this 
How does that in, in, in your mind, Tato specifically, how does that equate to itself? We're saying we want individuals. We want to be individuals on, on the black side, but on the white side, we want to collectivize you more. Is there, is there a little bit of a, I don't know what the word is. Like oxymoron is there a Tat- bit of a... Tato's smiling. Is <laughs> like, he wants like, to know. He's, he's, like, he's about to backlash me. No, I'm fine. I want to hear. I'm interested. <laughs> I don't proclaim to be yeah. the one who knows, so I'm asking the question. Yeah. I also don't know. <laughs> However, I think what is what is important for me is in order to fight the enemy, the enemy must look like something. Mm-hmm. And the enemy looks like whiteness and white supremacy. Right, because I think what what has become patently clear yes. is that when we speak about white privilege, we're speaking about over eight hundred years of generational privilege. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're not speaking about you, Andrew, the individual. Yes. Right, because it's like that's when you're going to tell me, oh, but you worked so hard and your father was poor and all of these things. <laughs> I'm not interested in that narrative. And I have black friends. Right, and you have black friends. Thank right, you, it's like oh, you. but like my like oh, we have, I can speak a bit of Zulu. I'm not interested in that narrative because. Because you benefit from the privilege of what your skin tone is, mm-hmm. right? Which is a construct of whiteness. Mm-hmm. You benefit from the privilege of the generational benefits that your family ge- generationally you've enjoyed as a result of white supremacy, right? I don't as a black individual. I don't as a black human, right? So I, I am invested in undoing what whiteness and white supremacy constructs for me as a black person, right? As this homogenous entity, which is blackness, right? So I need to be invested in doing that work, even within the black collective, right? And I think one of the things that we always speak about is that white people must do the work in their own communities, right? Mm. To, to undo whatever this structure of whiteness and white supremacy looks like. And black people must do the same. So we, we must never attempt to correlate the two things because we have very different work to do, right? Because my work as a black person is deconstructing for myself what it means to be black, what blackness means, right? And the sort of ascriptions that come as a result of that, right? Your work as a white person is to undo that work in the white community and to determine whatever that might look like, right? Mm. So I, I am invested in homogenizing white people because the, the constant thread for me is whiteness and white supremacy, right? Mm. Because there is no white individual that I will ever encounter that does not benefit from white privilege and white supremacy, right? And I suppose the same could be true for you. There is no black individual that you encounter that does not get disadvantaged by whiteness and white supremacy Mm -hmm. however the work can never be the same you and i as for me as a black person and you as a white person we can never be doing the same work i don't think it's about the same work for me it's it's about this idea of uh, hypocrisy in a way and um and please correct me if i'm wrong because i stand to be corrected but i think one of the big things around this idea of blackness um and speaking about blackness is to be seen as an individual rather than to be seen as a collective and that that can be many different things. But right? I think, I think Andrew, you've had 800 years of living as an individual and I think that's what we're saying. No, no, no. This is, so this is not to say that, you know, like white people mustn't do a whole bunch of work, yeah. right? Th- that's absolutely, we're on the same page here. That's not, I think, to be argued. I think what the argument is, is to say, is it fair if we need to see people as individuals and fairness might be a bit of a, a, a you know, and, I see you laughing there, but and, like, 
I think I get it. I think I think I get Tato. Is that No, no, I'm not saying is it's that, a, No, I'm oh, not okay, you're not okay. oh, No. You know Tato Tato in his article <laughs> Tato in his article speaks about why whiteness needs to be a, needs to be a thing we 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 protect. <laughs> it's not a So here's the thing. I think what I'm understanding is that uh we don't necessarily need to treat the tr- two groups in the same way in yes. order to arrive at what needs to be arrived at within the two groupings. Totally agree with that. So, so fairness then does not necessarily mean equality. of. No, uh, it's not about equality. So, And I agree with you, Tato, that different work needs to be done amongst different groups, right? But we are grouping people already, which is fine because of the legacy of, of the, the 600 years that you spoke about, right? I think the only thing is that as humans, isn't there a whole bunch of work that needs to be done to see people as individuals? To see people as humans again and not just as that collective thing. So, yes, you know, like white people need to go talk in white circles about different things to what black people need to speak about. Agreed. But then by saying things like whiteness, white privilege, aren't we then just going in the reverse direction? So you can imagine in in 600 years and who knows whether this will happen or not, then the whites are a collective. Right. And if you're white, it means that you're X, Y and Z. Right. And then. We've, we haven't learned as a human race. Now, that's not to say that white people get off scot-free. They don't. The work needs to be done, and I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying, is there not another way to frame this to say, I need to see Rory as Rory, and Rory needs to see Andrew as Andrew, and Andrew has his own issues that he needs to deal with as a white person, and Rory has some issues that he needs to deal with as a black person. But we still need to see each other collectively as individuals, if that makes sense. That makes complete sense. However, the power. <laughs> However, I completely and utterly disagree with you. This is good. I like this. I like the power this. relations of the world make it impossible mm. for you to see me as a human being, as as a, as an as a human. Mm. It's it's not possible, right? And 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 I think just like what's what's fascinating always, particularly when we have conversations about race mm-hmm. and racism in South Africa, is that we think that race and racism are are, are unkind words, mm. and they're not. The, the unkind words are facilitated by the structure of racism, mm-hmm. right? And racism comes out of the 13th century through capitalism, yeah. right? The, that, that initial decision by a group of Europeans to say, we need labor. We are going to go out <laughs> into the world and, and we, we've seen that there are these other people. Let's go and make them the people that bring about industrialization and bring forth the modern world, and we will not treat them as human beings, mm, right? Mm. So you, in coming to the world as that person who can make the decision on a daily basis, I come into the world as someone who is constructed as a non-human on a daily basis. So it is impossible for us to start thinking about a world where we are equal, right, before we can do the work. It's actually, it, it's raising a very interesting issue, which I think deserves to be dug into a little bit more about sort of collectively privileged, but individually liable, mm-hmm. um, or, or the other way around, individually privileged, but collectively liable, uh, uh, which, which, which is actually a conversation that I think a lot of white people are having just to, 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 to go off on a tangent about, uh, you know, we were collectively privileged, but can you please see me as an individual for the purposes of, 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 of liability's sake? Find a penny Barrow and you and 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 make sure that she is liable. Um, but when we have to deal with the with the, with the consequences, it it must be individualized. So, another conversation worth having. I'm just interested. You said something there about, um, or at least the way that we're struggling to get to the heart of blackness, or maybe it's just us. 
should we be are we at a stage where we should be defining blackness or undefining blackness where where, where are we as far as that spectrum is it is it are we still in term, are we still because as you said blackness is a construct that wasn't created by black people um so i imagine that at some stage it needs to be deconstructed before we construct it again where are we on the spectrum of undefining and then defining but when we say where are we who is the we that's well, a good question about? yeah so <laughs> because i mean I, so what's interesting for me about and I've, I've, I've held this position for a number of years and I know people don't like me for it. But one of the things that I would really appreciate about this, this construct that is South Africa is if white South Africans would actually shut up. Mm. We need white South Africans to shut the hell up when we're having conversations about race and racism, right? Because like what's happened, what just happened right now, Andrew, is that your, your investment is in being seen as a human being, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to you, but you've been seen as a human being for 800 years Mm -hmm. and I haven't. So when am I ever going to be able to have the conversation and to do the work that allows me to be seen as a human being without you continuously saying, Oh, but like, me also, I'm a human, right? <laughs> but it's like, but I know you are. No, no, no. I think, right? I think you're right. And, and please don't get me wrong. I think mm. what's important here, and I think your, your point, Rory, was interesting about collective liability. Because I have to take collective liability for Penny Sparrow. Mm. Um, not because we are white, but we share the same narrative as being white in South Africa and the legacy of that. But I think the one thing is to say, so I'm, I'm, I'm always a, a keen observer of continuous learning and continuous failing, learning, failing, learning, getting better, getting better, getting better. And my thought process around this is to say, if we do exactly that, where we say, okay, right, I want to see you tattoo as an individual, okay? And and white people, I think, need to be educated. So they can't just be sitting outside. Like, they can't be sitting outside and, and having conversations amongst themselves because they'll have the wrong conversations. That's my feeling. They'll have the wrong conversations and come to the wrong conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if there's if there's a, another way in which we can see... Maybe I'm just trying to. Maybe I'm trying to defend. You see, we're taking you're taking a conversation of blackness. I know, I'm making it about whiteness you're <laughs> and right. making I'm it about whiteness. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. Which is quite interesting. No, I'm feeling that. But, I'm feeling but like, that shouldn't be the conversation. But that's a very interesting observation, right? I think so. So, so here's a, here's a question, Tato. Um, if if blackness, so so, would you then disagree with this thing that blackness is a state of mind? Because if blackness is a state of mind, then can white people be black? So you're asking me to give comment on the black god that is Biko. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't and say he's a black god. I'm just saying he's one of the people that's attempted to define yeah. this thing. I mean, I mean, in, in the, just the 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 sort of di- dynamic in this room for me speaks to how we can problematize Biko's articulation of blackness as a state of mind. Right? I mean, I. I I know Andrew through people that we know and mm. all of these things, mm. and I know what he means by I'm someone who attempts to learn and mm. relearn and fail and and learn and all of these things. But I think that's precisely the point, right? The point is you have to be invested in attempting to do a particular form of work mm-hmm. that you will continuously fail at, right? So. If if we're talking about blackness as a state of mind, for me, I think that's p- possibly one of the most violent things we can ever say, right? In 
in terms of understanding how the world privileges white skin, right? So I'm, I'm at VITS and one of the conversations that's been happening at VITS for the past two years has been the Ruth First Memorial Lecture, mm. right? In terms of how we honor Ruth First as a white liberal who was killed in, in, in apartheid resistance, right? But I think it's precisely because of Ruth's skin tone and skin color that she's revered above. It could be the Solomon Mantlangu uh, other black people lecture. Right? It could be yeah, it could be because yeah, yeah. it's precisely the the mechanics and the dynamics of how whiteness and white privilege and white supremacy reconstructs itself and replicates itself. Right? Which is like because. Of Ruth could not have died in vain. She sacrificed her life. She committed class suicide, which I think is absolute bullshit. There's no such thing as class suicide because we class is a connection of networks. There is no way, no way, no way, no way that you can ever be divorced from your networks completely. Right. So just like, I mean, the story that people tell about how Ruth used to go to London and just like be at someone's house and doing these things and doing all of these things. I'm just like, what black person in apartheid times would have been able to have that sort of mobile freedom? Mm. Right. So I, 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 I personally have some discomfort with, with thinking about blackness's state of mind mm. because when white people come into the conversation and they become blackened mm-hmm. we don't suffer the same consequences and we never will mm. so i think it's 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 another attempt and another way by the white system to continuously say oh but like see offer me redemption i'm trying to do the work mm. and it's like well I, I think the work must be done with your own people to say well people are saying they want land Right. Mm. Go sit with your own people, have the conversation about land, have them ostracize you, but don't come to us. It's very easy to come to black people and say, well, my people have ostracized me. No, go fight with your people. Right. Mm. Continue to enjoy the ostracization because this is how black people feel like in the world on a daily basis. I have a, a very close friend of mine who is a white academic at VITS and she has been ostracized by her white community. And I had a conversation with her and I asked her the question of just like, how does it feel to be uncertain of yourself on a daily basis, right? And I mean, she gave me a very beautiful answer. I'm just like, we were speaking about just like our, st- our state of minds and whatever. But what was important for me was that finally she's getting to understand what it feels like to be a black person in the world, to be unsure of yourself, to walk into a room and never know for certain mm. what you're going to experience, right? That's a, a, black person's experience that's a homosexual person's experience that's a woman's experience on a daily basis right people who don't benefit from the power structures of the world mm. right so it it can be very easy to say blackness is a state of mind white people can come into the conversation they can go dreads they can grow dreads they can live in soweto and all of these things the world will never respond to you in the same ways that it does to me mm. so i mm. so so K- karen you are you back with us I think so. Can you hear me? Yeah. So, so we've got, we've got Tato in, 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 in the room here and, and he is adamant. He's, he speaks against this black god. He's, he's, if, if, if Biko is indeed the black god, then he has just performed black blasphemy. Um, he says that, uh, one of the most violent things that can be, that can ever be said, uh, is to say that blackness is just a state of mind. Uh, what's your view on that and on general, on the general definition of what it means to be black? 
Well, for me, I, I've always said this. I think I am human before I'm black, you know. And I think that also be, comes from the fact that I travel a lot and I get to meet different races and understand different cultures and structures and traditions. So, um, however, we cannot, you know, uh, deny that whiteness is normal. It's you know, and anything else is different. So whiteness is viewed as default. That's just a fact of the world. Any other race is nothing, is not important. And if you deny that as a white person, then we're never going to move forward. However, when it comes to blackness, um, I mean, I think we also need to also stop, you know, identifying ourselves as a skin color. You know, um, I'm not saying that has passed. I think it also, America has a huge influence on this blackness thing. I don't understand how a person that is born in Africa can refer to himself as a black person. Do you know what I mean? Like as in the skin color. So I, I, I don't, I don't understand meant. what you mean. So you're saying you don't understand how a person born in Africa yeah. can describe himself as black. That's exactly what I'm saying. Help, You're an African. Help me, uh, You're help African. me understand. You're an African, not black. And, yeah. And what's the difference? There's a huge difference. You must understand that. You know, I think also we we draw this blackness, this 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 uh, this black fight from American influence, from your Malcolm X's, your Martin Luther King. There has been a huge influence, especially in South Africa, since you know we suffered similar you know, um, I don't know, austerities with, like, black people in America. However, to come back home, one has to really come back home into the mentality of an African person, how he behaves, his cultures, his traditions, you know. And that's when language comes in, because here's another thing. If we somehow had to speak our own languages, we will truly identify ourselves as African, but just not black. Mm. Am I making sense? Well, let's you know let's I mean? let's ask let's ask the academic in the room. We say we we are we we are sitting on the sidelines here. We this is bigger than us. Uh, Tato, do you do you agree? Does does this make sense? Um, it it seems to go a bit of a tangent from what you were you were suggesting. I mean, I I uh, sorry, what's her name? Lutando. So I I. I I sort of understand what Lutando is saying. However, I think, and why, why for me the the hist the history of how blackness becomes made is forever important, right? Because there is something called the coloniality of being, right? So after the the colonialists leave, they've left their institutions. They've left culture. They have completely converted, right? Just like people's ways of living. So if, if we're going to speak about how, or just like we're not understanding how people on the African continent refer to themselves as black, well, they've been made black. And that's why they refer to themselves as black, right? So if, if, if we're going to say, oh, because I travel a lot and I, I meet different cultures, I was at, at, in in Dubai at at uh, the Abu Dhabi airport, and I was reminded that I was black because I was with a group of white friends, 
And at immigration, they were all allowed to go into the country, and my bags were searched as the only black body there. So I am continuously reminded in the world that I am black. So I cannot, there is no way, I would like to think of myself as a human, I think of myself as a human being, but the world responds to me as a black body. Right? I think it, it raises it raises an interesting question about then, because the world has, has defined you as that, must it be something that you embrace? And um, the, the, population registra- the Population Registration Act of 1950 actually uh, defined, I think it was one of the first pieces of legislations that went to defining and classifying people according to their race groups. Andrew, <laughs> would you like to... Uh, hear how we were we were defined as as black or or as white or or alternatively colored. There were there was actually a set of criteria. Please, please. so and it, it and it was it was not just physical. They said it had something to do with social standing and so on. And that's what I want to bring back to Karen because it speaks about the characteristics of the person's head hair, characteristics of the person's other hair, the skin color, the facial features, the home language, and especially knowledge of Afrikaans. Area where the person lives, the person's friends and acquaintances, employment, and then it speaks about socioeconomic status. Socioeconomic status can be the difference between you being black and white, or white, and then your eating and drinking habits, uh, funnily enough. Now, listen to the definition in the Act. Um, It says, a white person is a person who in appearance is obviously a white person, who is generally not accepted as a colored person, or is generally accepted as a white person and is not in appearance obviously a white person. That just confused me. <laughs> obviously, Rory. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so, so Karen, uh, it 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 seems that um, you know what Tato, or at least if we look at the legislation that almost created this or canonized this, um, we see it uh, acknowledging the fact that it's it's about more than just so blackness is about socioeconomic status. It's about a lot more things than just the color of your skin, and that blackness can be something that is distinct from African and perhaps that they, these might be um, related but distinct struggles. Would you agree or disagree? I, I wouldn't, I mean, well, I'm in between. I do agree with you, Jermaine, to a certain stage, of course. You know, I mean, um, every single African person all over the world is somehow or, you know, um, historically wounded, you know, by the past. However, I mean, moving forward, I don't know, I'm a type of person, I'm young, you know what I mean? And I'd like for us to move forward as a black nation or as an African nation. And if we keep, and I know a lot of people say, don't forget about your past, but study the past and do something about it. What can we do from this? Because like I said, if we keep restricting ourselves to a certain race, I mean, the world is huge. There's so many things to explore besides just race. And I've noticed that when, uh, when he was talking about um, when he went to Dubai, he was, you know, he was, um, you know, noticed that, okay, he's black and they paid more attention to him. Another person, Muslim guy here in France, when I go through, you know, the airports when I'm going to London, a Muslim guy gets searched more than me, but I'm black and I get to pass freely. Do you know what I mean? So... A different person can say the same thing as well. Asian people as well, you know, they Lutando, get a lot all of, of those you know, people, when they go to... All of those people you're describing are constructed as black and brown in the world, so they're not white. And I think that's the point, right? So 
so so there's a thing called the global south that is constructed as not white and all of those people muslim people asian people black people from the continent the diaspora are always the people who get searched the people who are accused of terrorism the people who are accused of the the most heinous crimes that are committed by white people but are seen as saving the free world but when black and brown people do them they are seen as terrorist acts right so so and, so, and, so so out of interest in hence i said my opening statement was very clear you know that white is viewed by the world as normal and is mm-hmm. made it's default yeah. So it needs to be undefaulted. And how do we do that? How do we, you know, undefaulting this whiteness, this white privilege is by white accepting and acknowledging that, you know, um, they need to recognize that white privilege, I mean, really, really exists. And they need to accept that black people, it's a necessity for African people to speak about these issues so that we can move forward. But then at the end of the day, what I always say but let's not just get stuck into race, because what I see a lot, a lot of people, instead of, I don't know, instead of focusing on issues that affect this blackness, a lot of people would rather focus on race. I don't know if you understand what I mean. We have educational problems, but a lot of people would rather focus, oh, it's because I'm black. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I know uh, just because I live in Europe, a lot of people expect me you know, that, you know, you can't be, uh, obviously, you live in Europe, you, you, you're privileged. No, I've been through everything. However, through study and sitting down with elders that are Africans, you'd find that because they've accepted their Africanism, they're focusing on, you know, African economy, for instance. You know, how do we get out from this so-called poverty that everybody's so, calling us? Lutando, you know is, I mean? is it so-called? <laughs> so, so, Lutando... Let's well, have, it is so-called, yeah. yes, it is so-called poverty so-called. because Africa, it is a wealthy uh, continent. However, it is exploited by America, Europe, and Asia. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it is so-called poverty. We are not poor. Africa is not poor. It is exploited. Lutando, would you, you know say, I mean? would you say Africa is poor, but black people, I mean, Africa is, is, is wealthy, but black people are poor? <clears throat> How do I... Mentality wise, yes. Our, wow. our mental state wow. is in poverty. Wow. We are not feeding our minds enough. We are not expanding our mind enough, our minds enough to get out of these situations. Lutando, I think that you are utterly disrespectful to the many black people who wake up every morning and irk out a living and are resourceful and are imaginative and are creative about how to resolve their the world their issues right let's talk about let's talk about the young people wait Lutando. wait 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 let's let tato let let tato speak one second let's talk about the many young people throughout this continent who are inventing right inventing things to 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 manage and navigate this poverty that you're speaking about that is so called which is very real and very material right let's talk about the african leadership academy and the young people that come to the african leadership academy who have completely transformed the communities that they live in on a daily basis and you are saying that our mental state is impoverished and we live in so called poverty i think that is utterly disrespectful i i i would even ask you to retract that statement because i i okay I, uh, yeah. listen, can you listen so that 
I think you misunderstood me. I didn't say Africa is in poverty. I said Africa is exploited. No, but you so, said the people are mental states. Hey, can I just finish? So, when you are being exploited, so I see, I, I know about everything that you're talking about. I'm one of those young African people that are making changes. However, it's very few of us. The rest are still in labor. The rest are still misinformed. The rest are still poorly minded. The minds are not informed of how to free them, themselves from this exploitation. Yeah, including our leaders. Our leaders are puppetry. They puppetry to this European empires, you know. So, you, yes, these young people are making those changes, but it's not enough. It's only probably just 10% out of 90% that is still being exploited. And why is it exploited? We are not informed enough. It's, that's a fact. All we right. are poorly in, in, in Karen, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to um, use my broadcaster and white privilege to cut you short there, unfortunately, because we are running out of time. Thank you, though, for joining us. Uh, we want to do we do want to continue this conversation and we'd love to continue it with you uh, online. So please do join the conversation uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, Tato, I'm interested in, in, a, in a question here around because we, we, we've gone all over the place, which is a really interesting observation. When we speak about blackness, we we include, I mean, Africanness was brought in, which is incredible, and um, and whiteness has been brought in through me, I suppose. I'm interested to hear from your personal journey and perspective. You classify yourself, or you are, not classify, you are homosexual. Um, is there a difference? Yeah, no, apologies, apologies. I'm sorry. That, that was a, a big mistake. You are Today's homosexual. not a good day. Eh? No, it's not a good day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but but classify is important because you can be homosexual and yes. not classify yourself as yes. homosexual, right? So that's what yes. I meant. Apologies. Uh, you are homosexual. identify. I think yes, identify. That's the right word. Thank you. Um, you identify as homosexual. Is there? Do you find yourself drawn to the black homosexual community or the white homos- Or is there a difference? Or is it just everyone who's homosexual collectivizes together? And this isn't a trick question. I'm genuinely interested. So please don't feel like yeah. I'm trying to like about to trick you. I'm really not. And that's fine. And I also will choose not to answer that question because I think you're, you're, you're asking me to comment on, on an unhelpful binary. Um, and I, I think my attempt in this conversation is to speak to the complexity, right? So, if you're then asking me if I'm drawn to the black gay community or the white gay community, not in terms like, of what your your preference is, in terms yeah. of who your boyfriend might be, I'm, no, I'm just I saying generally. I understand what okay, you mean. Cool. Like in terms of the the community, I feel the most safe with, and yes. all of these things. Where do I go? Yes, yes, and all yes. of that. I'm just like I'm. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> so you think that it's complicating an issue? I don't think it's complicated. I think it's simplifying a complicated issue, and I think that's what I've been trying to say. Right to say that. As a black human being who becomes black in the world, I am complex. I am complicated. Mm. I can have multiple relations with multiple people of different racial groupings, right? So I, I, I do not want to speak on whether I find or, or which group do I find to be the most welcoming and the most helpful but I think if we're going to go there, then we must also speak about how whiteness and white supremacy constructs these spaces differently, right? So 
I suppose perhaps as a result of my social disposition, just in terms of the way I speak, what I'm able to speak about, and, and all of the things that I've been saying here, many people can make assumptions about which spaces I hang out in, mm. right? And and that's precisely as a result of how closer to whiteness I am, right? And it's like, so what what sort of middle class privileges am I able to 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 access, right, as a result of that? And we must also speak about how when when we construct blackness as a response to this, what it disadvantages and disallows, right, in terms of the black community. And so what what is it that people are allowed to be and not allowed to be, right? Precisely because of white what whiteness is allowed to be and not allowed to be. Right. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. This this is this is a heavy this one is heavy and complex. That that much I agree with. Um there's somebody on the line who wants to join in on the conversation, Papi Lelu. Uh welcome to the show. Hey guys, how's it going? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh man, I, I'm still uh, recovering from that woman that just spoke uh, two minutes ago. Man. <laughs> what do you Seriously? mean recovering? Yeah. I think everyone is <laughs> trying to recover. Eh? Uh, ig- uh, ignorance, ignorance. That's just another uh, level of ignorance. Well, I, uh, my, let me introduce myself. I'm a South African. I'm based in London. I've been here for the last 14 years. And, um, you know... Um, so you also have this- that traveled perspective about <laughs> blackness in Africa. Um, you see... I don't want to describe myself the same as that woman, but I I, I, I believe I, I've also I've, stop I've, calling her that woman. <laughs> stop <laughs> calling her that woman. Her name is what Lutando. Her, her name is Lutando. Lutando. Yes. Lutando. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a student of this thing. You know, I, I've, I've really been studying it. So let me give you let me give you a context about myself. I'm I'm a, I'm a South African. I'm from Durban. I'm a Zulu. I've been here, and I'm married to a Chinese woman. I'm married to a Chinese woman, and we have children. Uh, my eldest kid is eight, and my youngest is four. So my, my kids are homeschooled. So I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, and I homeschool them from home. So a subject of race came about where my eldest daughter asked me, she's like, um, Daddy, how come this, you know, we have different skin tones, you know, and, and stuff? And, um, you know, before I answered the question, you know, I said, okay, give me a couple of weeks, <laughs> you know, to, to, to get an answer for you. <laughs> you know, no, but because, you know, growing up in South Africa, you know, I did not want to, you know, to use my experience and to sort of tarnish her whole concept of race. But at the same time, I wanted her to know the truth. So um, I went back, for me, I'm a creationist, you know, I'm a theologian. You know, about I went back to to read scripture. I went back to read some old books to just about this whole thing of race. And I came up, you know, one thing very interesting, as you said earlier, that this whole thing of race is made up. You know, there's only one group or there's only one human race. There's not more than one. You know, I mean, as a creationist, there was there, there was only, uh, you know, one human being created. You know, so Bobby, now, so yes, we we have to we have to wrap. We're we're running out of time. If you can, if you can uh, rush, not because your your point is irrelevant, uh, because yes. we're they're about to kick okay. us out of studio. Okay, okay. No, but the, I, I I mean I, I just want to say that I agree with everything that you guys are saying. This whole thing of race is all made up, and you see, as black people, okay, this is. Let me just uh, cut it down to this. It's a it's a it's a social construct. You know, so I went back to my daughter and I said, no, we, you are not multiracial. You are actually multi-ethnic. 
you see, because there's only one race of people. Now, coming back to the whole race thing and the whole blackness thing. Now, in order for why this racial construct was, um, was constructed, as you said, it was purely economical to justify oppressing um, you know, or, or black people. So why, if you look at white supremacists, they always stress on a couple of things that, um, you know, uh, we black, we whites are different from black people. Look at how they behave. Look at what they behave. So in order for them to just to, to, to reinforce this whole superiority thing, they have to split us up. So they can, that's why they can never accept that we are one race of people. Cause if they accepted that we're one race of people, that means we're just like them. We've got the same abilities as them. Mm. So, 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 so that's why white supremacy thrives on this. Even I was watching, I was watching a documentary called The Union of South Africa. It was a BBC documentary uh, that was shot in South Africa in 1957 when they were passing the Bill of Apartheid. And if you look at Stray Dog, Papi, when they were Papi, yes, we, yes. unfortunately, we have two uh, minutes left. We're, we're, we're gonna have okay. to cut it short there. But you know what? Okay. This is yes. a conversation worth having again, and, and we'd really like yes. to get in touch with you so we can, you can be part of the conversation again. But thank you very much for joining us. Okay, thanks. thanks. Whew, this was this was a complicated, complex conversation. Took us to Dubai, took us to France, took us to Africa versus Black. Uh, yo, I, don't, I don't think we've answered the question. We haven't answered the question. We haven't got close in an hour. Other than the fact that I feel like what we have answered is that this is very complex. Yes. And that there is no one single story. Yes. I mean, that's my thoughts. Well, Andrew Levy, let you and I get out of here. And uh, let's let's make sure that we have this conversation again. Think, Tato, thank you, you very much. I think I'm confused. That's what I think. Tato, thank you very much for, for joining us. Uh, and we'd love to have you again so we can dig deeper into this issue. Okay. It was my pleasure. It was very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Tato, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Hey, listen, if you want to catch more about uh, Frankly Speaking, cliffcentral.com forward slash Frankly Speaking. You can also join the Facebook page. Lots of conversations going on there. So all you need to do is go onto Facebook and hit up Frankly Speaking. Yeah, the comments there are crazy. I'm sure Tato is going to enjoy replying to some of those. Hey? <laughs> Have yourself a great day. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, Vecho. Cliffcentral.com.